Good evening, church. This evening's scripture will come from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. And it reads, And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I have read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. May the Lord bless the hearers, readers, and doers of thy word. Thank you, Brother Jordan. He always does a wonderful job, and we're so proud to have him work with us here at Olive Branch. Tonight, as we consider the lesson, the topic will be love, the greatest need. In 1 Corinthians 13, the verse that Jordan just read in verse 13 talks about faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest is love. Now, as you look at 1 Corinthians 13, we find ourselves in what is often referred to as the love chapter. Within this chapter, it's really comparing the greatness of love to the passing of miracles. Obviously, in the early church history, or before the, before the time of Christ, when we had the prophets and we had those that were here and speaking on God's behalf, there was a need for the miraculous. There was a need for miracles in this, in this time, and they're coming about, and there's a purpose behind them. And as you go through 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about all these miraculous things, and it says that they're passing, that they're going to be done away with. And then he compares it, or he contrasts it with love, which is eternal, which brings hope. Because even though we might not have the miraculous gifts that they once had, today, as Christians, as followers of God, we have love. Tonight, as we consider love the greatest need, I want to begin by looking at the progression. The progression that we find in this verse. In 1 Corinthians verse 13 and verse 13, it starts out and it says, Faith, and it goes on to hope and love. And we're going to focus on those three for just a few short minutes. First, we talk about faith. Faith, an important building block, an important piece in view of eternity. If we have eternity in view, it has to start out somewhere. We have many verses understanding faith as a, a beginning point. It's something we must have. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In order for a Christian to get a start, they have to first have faith or they could never become that Christian. In order to have that faith, they have to first pick up God's Word. They have to first look into God's Word and look into God's message before they can ever have that faith that gives them hope for eternity. I think also of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, oftentimes referred to as the faith chapter. We talk about the love chapter and now the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, But without faith... It is impossible to please Him, meaning Christianity is no such thing without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So God has a purpose. God has a building block as we start out here in 1 Corinthians 13, where we see faith. Now, what was the purpose? We want to reach eternity. We want to go to heaven to live on the other side. 
We want to be able to reside with the Father and praise the God of heaven, to praise the God whom is our creator. And so we start out and we see faith. And then we take the next step, the next building block, hope. Hope is a building block that only comes because one has faith. Because surely without faith, remember in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, without faith it is impossible to please him. Without that faith there would never be hope. So we have faith and then hope. Think back to Hebrews 11 again. We talk about the faith chapters. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's something we look to. It's something we desire. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then it goes on to say, The evidence of things not seen. We haven't been there. I don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like. I look forward to being there one day if I live according to God's commands. But faith gives hope. So it says faith is the substance of things hopeful. There's a desire. There's a goal. There's a purpose for life through faith. Because now we have hope. I think of Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. If you look at Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, it talks about God and it says, Now the God of hope. It brings me to an interesting point because there's a lot of religions. As we look around in the world today that are hopeless, there is nothing to look forward to. Sure, they might profess there is, but the problem is, unless we worship the God of heaven, unless we worship the true God, I think of Paul as he says, the one who you serve ignorantly. They had the inscriptions to the unknown God. He said, the one who you serve ignorantly, that was the true God. You didn't know God. As he said that to people that thought they knew everything, thought they were a knowledgeable crowd, a very smart generation. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, as you go on, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So he says that they can abound in hope. Now why did they abound in hope? Well, it goes back to that believing that it just refers to in the same verse. It says that they can have hope in believing part of their faith. So without that faith, there would be no hope. I think of the hope that Paul talks about as he comes to the end of, end of his life and he's writing to Timothy and writing to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul writing there, if you look at verse 7 and 8, says, I have fought the good fight. He says, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, now notice the hope. He says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He says, not to me only. He says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give, but not to me only, but to all who love his appearing. Notice, he starts out and Paul points to his life. He points to his faith. I've fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And then he says, because of this, 
I have hope. He said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. So first off, we see faith, a building block. In order to get to eternity, he says we have to have faith. We see hope that comes because one first has faith. Now finally, let's consider the last one that is, is mentioned in the verse, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13, love. Love is the resulting action of a Christian. Because a, a Christian develops faith through God's Word. And they come to a point where they have hope for the future because they know that their life is in accordance with God's Word. They then will be like the sun and they'll shine love. Love is shown. It's the resulting action that is represented in the life of a Christian. If you would go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12. Verse 9 and 10. In Romans chapter 12, he's referring to love and what love must be in the life of a Christian and how we ought to live. And he starts out and he compares love with hypocrisy. He says, look, it cannot be that way. He says in verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. It can't be that way. He goes on to say, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. So he says, if you want love... It doesn't start with evil. It doesn't start with hypocrisy, but it starts with clinging to what is good. It clinging to righteousness. Go on to verse 10. He says, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Putting the other one first. I know as I get older, I think it might be easier to understand this giving preference to one another when you have, well, I'll say wife, but I was really thinking baby. If you have a child, uh, you, you have this one that you want everything for them. Most importantly, you want them to have faith later on in their life. Most importantly, you want them to be able to reach eternal life, but you have your desire, your full entire heart, desires for them to have a great life. It desires something more for them rather than you. And really, God's talking about not just your wife, not just uh, your child, not just those who you love, but He says, within love, He says, give preference to one another. That means Jared Rhodes is always last. That means Jared looks to others to lift them up so that they can have the preference. So when you think about love in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, he says, let it give preference to one another, to the other individual. And they, in part, will do the same for you. Within the resulting action of a Christian, I also think of what Christ said. In Matthew chapter 22, you can look there as Christ lays out, well, really in verse 35, they start asking God, they said, well, now God, or Christ, who is what is the greatest command? What's the most important thing? If you were going to just tell us one thing, what would it be? And then go, and they go on to, to question and ponder, and Jesus replies to them, and he says, the greatest command was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then he takes it one further, and he says, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So first love God, and then love others. And then at the very end in verse 40, he says, upon, upon this, hang all the law and the prophets. 
Meaning if we would just consider that of love, we could come to a point where we understand what is right and what is wrong because we desire the best for others. We desire the best for our neighbor, whether it be someone that lives close or 100,000 miles away. We desire the best for our neighbor, whether it be somebody that's really nice to us or somebody that wishes they could kick our dog every time we see them. I don't have a dog anymore. But if you do, you can understand some neighbors don't like their neighbor's dogs. But within this neighbor, it's doing good to those that you're around, whoever it might be. And so Christ says, for the greatest command, love the Lord your God, and the second one, love your neighbor. Also look with me at 1 John. In 1 John chapter 4, he lays out just a little more that we can, we can glean from, that we can learn from. In verse 7 and 8 it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. Verse 8 he says, He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Let us love one another. Within being a Christian, the design, the desire, the, the hope, the purpose is to show love. It's something that we can do. It's something that can glorify God on our behalf. Within love, within God's design, notice people know an individual by their love. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. We're known to know God by our love to God. We're known not to be of God if we don't have love in verse 8. So we see a progression. We see first off that there is faith, a, a beginning building block. If we want to be a Christian, if we want to live for Christ, if we want to hope for eternity, we have a beginning building block of faith. We have hope that comes through that faith. And finally we see love which is shown in the Christian. Not only do I want to look at the progression of this verse, but I also want to get you to look at the pattern. God's Word, the pattern for loving. In John chapter 15, in John chapter 15, verse 13 and 14, it says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Then Jesus goes on to say, Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Christ, the ultimate example of love, the ultimate example of love for us as He gave it all. He gave everything for us. So we see the greatest example of love and the design that we can be pleasing to God if we do or follow His commands. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 31, it says, And as you would, that men should do you to you, do ye also likewise. You might have heard it like this. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He said, as you want people to treat you, in the same way, treat them. And really it just falls right in with the greatest command or the second command as God lays out, the guidelines for a Christian, loving your neighbor. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Go ahead and turn there. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Sometimes I feel bad for 
for quoting because I think it's better if we get to see it. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 12 and read through verse 14. In verse 12 it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so do you also. Notice verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. We see... It's really the glue that holds everything together. If you look at the, the first two verses, in 12 and verse 13, he gives guidelines for a Christian life. T put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. And then it comes down in verse 14, and he says, love the bond of perfectness. That's what brings everything together. That's what makes the world go round. That's what makes Christianity work. So we have God's Word, the pattern for loving. Not only do we see that we have a pattern, but there is a problem in the world today, and that problem is love is ignored. Love is forgotten. Love is completely put out of the mind of individuals because we live in 2017. And thinking about others is probably 1950, so some of you would know it, but... There's a lot of us that wouldn't. In 2017, the idea is all about me. When I was in high school, there was a song out, and there was a country song that was, I want to talk about me, I want to talk about my, talk, talk about number one. That's me. It ain't about you. It ain't about what you think. It ain't, ain't. No matter how it affects your life, doesn't matter to me, because all that matters is if it affects me for the good. All right, so we see the 20, 2017, the 2016 mindset. We see the idea that people have when they look at life. So we have a problem. Love is often ignored. Within that of love, we, we notice that love is giving preference to one another, giving preference to the other, and that goes completely against what society would have us to believe. Whoever's back that you can, can climb up. Whoever you can cut down so that you can be better than them. Whoever you can make look sorrier than you, then you know you're the one that's safe. You're the one that is the coolest person. You're the one that is the person that everybody's going to look up to. So we see a problem. Because within God's design, love requires that we put others first. That means bring me down. We sing a song, less of me and more of thee. Talking about the greatness of God. Well, within our life, it's less of me always. It's more of others so that God can be glorified. That's how love works. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even till now. So there's... there's Light and dark, that's always mentioned throughout God's Word. And he says, he that says he's in the light, but he has hate, <laughs> he missed it. Because what's hate? Hate is equal to darkness. Hate is sin. Hate is iniquity. Hate is completely against God. Within God's 
perfect understanding. Within God's perfect design, His design was that Christians love and put others first. So we see within the world today that love is the most important thing that we can do to continue Christianity. We don't go out and shoot up, shoot up places so that Christ can be glorified because God's design was that we love, that we put others first. And through that, they'll then have the same desire to put God first. I want to mention for just a second, it's been apparent to me as, uh, as the Olive Branch congregation grows, I know sometimes people have talked about how friendly and how great it is to meet others. If we want to be the friendliest congregation, if we want to be the best that we can be, it requires every one of us getting out of our comfort zone. I think we have a very friendly congregation. However, I do know that as we grow, it's harder to know everybody. It's much harder to get to know every person that's around you. So if I can encourage in one thing, if I could point to one thing within love and showing love as a Christian, when you look around, try to find someone you don't know. It's very easy to know a, a group of people, but there's people here that might not know you. There might be people here that don't know every other person, and the goal within, within putting God first is giving preference to one another, meaning going out of your comfort zone to make sure that every person feels welcome. I'd encourage you tonight, when we come to the end of the service, we're not there yet, but when we come to the end, I want you to go ahead and look around, and I want you to pick out someone you don't know their name. Now, it might be that they've been a member here for the last 50 years, but if you don't know them, I encourage you at the end of services, take a moment to go meet them. Find out what's important to them. Find out what they do on a daily basis. Find out where they like to eat. Find out what they like to do. Give preference to one another. I believe we have every reason and every possibility of being the friendliest place you've ever been. And in a lot of ways, I hope that we are the friendliest place you've ever been. But tonight, there might be someone you don't know. You might not know Deborah Gill. If you don't know Deborah Gill, she'll be here till probably 10. So hang around and you can meet her. Sorry, I called you out. Within Christianity, the goal, the purpose, the drive ought to be to show love to others. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12, it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covereth all sins. We've got something much greater. You see, oftentimes it seems that people want to act out in hate. They want to retaliate with hate, and it says that love covereth all sins. You can look at Matthew chapter 5. It says, You've heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Jesus says, But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow, what a design. All right, as we're running out of time, I'll move on. I hate finishing on a, on a bad note, so I don't want to finish with problems. And that's why I went ahead and reversed it. And so I want you to go ahead and look at the end, the possibilities. Oh, the possibilities that we have if we as Christians love. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That light that I believe that is supposed to show as a Christian is the same thing we're talking about in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13. They're going to know you by your love. When they see your love, they're going to know your hope. When they see your love, they're going to know your faith. Because you live as God would have you to live. Galatians chapter 2, two verse 20, we sing a song. I don't think we sing it in Pew Packers, but we do sing it from time to time. I know we sing it as the youth group. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice it said, Christ liveth in me. Well, if I've got Christ living in me, how is the world going to know it? I'm telling you tonight that the world is going to know that you are a Christian by your love. Finally, I want to close with John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and verse 35, it says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Within God's design, God... God gave Christianity the, the greatest way to grow ever. And that's what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about. It's not about miracles because there's something greater. As Christians, we have love. And the only way that the world will know about the Savior that died for them, that will know about the God of heaven, is if we show love in action. So tonight I want to ask you, do you love as Christ would have you to love? Do you show love to others in your lifestyle, in your action, in the way that you live? Do people see Christ living in you? Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Christ lives in you, so people ought to see it. That's why he says in John 13, verse 35, all men will know that you are my disciples because we act like Christ would have us to act. Question tonight is, are you a Christian? Have you given your life to a life of love, giving preference to others, putting others first because I promise you it's the best decision you can ever make? You know, we talked about at the beginning how that faith is a building block in view of eternity and hope is, is something that comes through that faith and love is something that we see that comes because a person is living out that faith. So my question is, do you have hope for the future? If not, it's very simple. In just a couple seconds when we stand, I want you to let go of the pew that's in front of you. I want you to make a decision in your mind that you are changing your life to live for God. What I mean is you don't want to sin anymore. You're going to make a decision. I don't want to sin and I want to live for God and I want the world to know it. As you come to the front, I'll meet you down at the bottom. And before the congregation, before the assembly today, I'll, I'll ask you to profess the name, your belief, your trust in the Messiah, the God of heaven. The trust in Christ, the one who came and gave his life. 
And then following that, we'll go upstairs and you'll be immersed in the water where we see in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, we find remission of sins. If you haven't given your life to Christ, if you don't believe you love as you ought, please come and I'll meet you down here.